friends, welcome to Village Idiots for Guys Who Are Nuts for Jesus and Just Playing Nuts. We're finishing out, it's uh, Thursday, we're finishing out Hebrews 12. Good stuff. We're, I, the first one freaked me out completely. First half of 12 through verse 12 freaked me out. I mean, again, God disciplines us so, so he can share, share his holiness with us. I lost my mind. Sorry, kids. <laughs> it's going to happen once in a while. So we're going to start here in 14. We're going to go right through the end, no matter what time it takes. I, I don't expect it'll take more than 20 minutes. But we're going to do it's, uh, 14 through 28, 29. So about 16 verses. Not too bad. So let's jump in. The, the heading is warning against refusing God. So here we go. Let me see. Make sure I got the film here right. There we go. Here we go, kids. Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. For without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Amen. I'm at peace with all men, but all men are, are, aren't at peace with me. You can be at peace with all men and the world, the world uh, uh, be raging a war around you. You can be at peace with your husband or wife and them raging against you. You can choose to set your face like flint, like Jesus did. Isaiah 30, uh, 53 talks about that. He set his face like flint when he was accused by... By the, by the Sanhedrin stuff just before he was crucified, by Pilate and all of this. He set his face like flint. He maintained his silence. You can do Exodus 14, 14, that God, <clears throat> that it just remain, just remain still, remain silent, and let God fight your battles. Be at peace. Choose to have a heart of peace. And choose to be holy. And what holiness means is just relationship with God, fellowship with God. None of us can be holy in and of ourselves. Holiness is only obtained through the blood of Jesus. Holiness, being born again, is the beginning of holiness. Receiving Christ as Savior. Outside of Christ, there is no holiness. We are made the very righteousness of God through Christ, and He was made our sin. So righteousness, holiness, all comes through Christ. Again, because without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Man, you must be born again. It's the very basic building block, and then you build on that. Amen. Verse 15, see to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Man, let me tell you something, man. You don't want to miss the grace. Missing the grace of God misses, means you miss out on God. You miss out on his power. The grace of God, grace is his ability inside of you to accomplish anything you need to do. His grace is sufficient. His power and ability for you is, is sufficient. And and that no bitter root, and this is so critical, no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Man, guard your heart. I say it again and 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 again, again. Infinity, guard your heart. If you see any darkness in your heart, if you're struggling with something in your heart, confess it to God. Get it out of your system. Repent. Turn it over to God. Don't have a hard heart. You don't want your heart hard. Let it all go. Forgive everyone. Love. The Bible commands us to love, forgive, and pray for everyone. Love everybody. Pray for everybody. Forgive everybody. Just let it. Just let all the darkness go. Don't hold on to anything. It's like Superman taking hold of kryptonite. That's what it's like to take hold of bitterness, to take hold of unforgiveness, to take hold of, take hold of grudges. It's like Superman. The best picture. Superman. If Superman grabs kryptonite, it kills him. Kryptonite is is toxic to Superman. And <clears throat> I'm using that as an example because we all know about Superman. This is the culture we live in. We know about Superman. That's what kills him. It's like silver bullets and, and werewolves. Silver bullets kill, kill werewolves. Bitterness, unforgiveness, grudges, uh, um, uh, a gossiping tongue. All of these things will destroy you. Don't take hold of them. 
Let them go. Amen. Uh, verse 16. See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterward, you know, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. He could bring about no change of mind, though he sought it with tears. Man. First of all, I just see that no one was sexually immoral or is godless like Esau. He's just throwing that all in the pot. Don't be sexually immoral. Don't be godless like Esau. The dude sold his birthright. And birthright to the Jews were everything. You know, the firstborn, man, he got everything. He was the main dude. I'm the firstborn kid. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't apply. Although, although I'm the one who set the example for my brothers and sisters when I first, you know, we first started coming up. But this firstborn thing in the Hebrew culture was exceedingly important. I think firstborn of any culture back in the old, you know, uh, the uh, the Egyptian culture, all the cultures, there's something special about that firstborn. The Bible says um, that the first uh, the first sign of a man's strength is his firstborn son, and so. Esau was the firstborn, although they were twins, he's the one that came out first. And and Jacob was grasping his heel. And so he was the firstborn. He had the right to the inheritance and uh, as the firstborn. And he sold it for a lousy bowl of soup. Give me a second. Hold on. <laughs> Here, I got a bowl. I carry a bowl with me out on the road. I want you to see. Esau sold his birthright for this. A bowl of soup. <laughs> Now, now this is a pretty big bowl. So Esau probably got a good sized bowl. His brother said, hey, man, I'm going to give you, since your birthday, I'll give you a big bowl. So this is a big bowl. So he gave up his birthright for something inside of this. And if you all are listening to the podcast, I'm holding up my little plastic bowl. I mix my tuna in. It's a good sized bowl. It probably holds about a quart. It may be 16 ounces to a quart, but I can do my tuna in it. The guy sold his birthright for this. <laughs> That's crazy. And, and since he <coughs> and he couldn't retrieve it because it says afterwards, as you know, he wanted to inherit this blessing, but he was rejected. He could bring about no change in mind, but we sought the blessing with tears. And some bridges you cross, some bridges you burn, you can't go back across. Some bridges you cross, you cannot go back across. Be careful with your life. Be careful with these big decisions. Be careful careful exercise caution don't be don't be sexually immoral or godless like Esau was I think the sexual moral power so you just started taking a bunch of wives a bunch of a bunch of foreign wives Canaanite wives and it and it and really upset his parents so don't be sexually immoral or is or as or or is as godless as Esau so amen so man man there are some important there's some major things in our lives and some minor things don't give up the major stuff for the minor stuff you know, the whole thing with sexual morality, man, don't be sleeping around. Your sexuality is important to God. It's the seal of the covenant between a husband and a wife. Don't just throw that away on prostitutes. Don't throw that away casually having sex. I mean, right now, sex will kill you. It's called AIDS. You know, it's like, you know, sex used to just get you a disease. Now it gets you death. You know, you want to be, you, you don't want to throw certain things like, again, your sexuality is a major part of your life as a male or female. Don't just throw that away. Hold on to that. Save that for your husband. Don't, if you're a virgin, don't be upset about being a virgin. You know, I know, 
you know, again, I'm throwing this stuff out there, but, you know, I mean, it's not popular to be a virgin anymore, you know? I mean, poor kids in school today, man. I mean, so much darkness, so much sexual darkness. Don't throw that away. Again, I'm just using that as an example. That's a major in our lives. You know, that intimacy creates an intimacy, a bond between a husband and a wife that's supposed to be unbreakable. It's a covenant. It's a covenant cut between a man and a woman. I've said it before, but that's why the woman on her wedding night, there's blood. It's the blood is always seals the covenant. So not to get too graphic or anything, but that's, again, that's an important thing. I'm just trying to make a point there. Uh, verse 10. You, oh, <laughs> oh, wow. This is one of my favorite. This is beautiful. Okay. I'm not going to go crazy. We're eight and a half minutes in. Let me, this is, this is like Old Testament and what, what was with the law and what was with Christ. These two comparisons are just, it's amazing. Watch this. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire, uh, burning with fire to darkness, gloom or a storm to a trumpet blast or such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned. The sight was so terrifying that uh, that Moses said, I am trembling in fear when God came down on the mountain and gave them the Ten Commandments and spoke with an audible voice to two or three million Israelites. It was awesomely fierce, fearful. It says, look, the mountain can be touched. It's burning. The mountain was burning with fire. There was darkness, gloom. There was a storm. There was a trumpet blast, a supernatural trumpet blast out of heaven. And, and, the, and, the, and the voice and God's voice was so powerful and so, uh, so awesome, so fearsome that the, those that heard it begged that no further words be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded. Whew, heavy, heavy stuff. Wow, I mean, God was showing off for these people. I am God and I'm awesome. And he showed them. And I mean, it terrified them. But watch. Now, this was Old Testament. And this is what, you know, this is what God, again, again God was trying to put a fear on them. Uh, to, to, to cause them to want to obey him. He wanted to show him his holiness. Again, it, it was a display of his power so they knew that they could trust him. My God, we've just seen our God. We've just heard our God. He came down on the mountain. We don't have to worry about the, this. I, I believe God's heart and God's heart, the effect, what he wanted was to create a, a fearlessness. Man, this is, the, this is the God, this is the God who just, who just, um, split the Red Sea for us. This is the God who did all the plagues in Egypt. Our God is awesome. I think what God was trying to create in was, was just a confidence. If, if God can do that to mountains, if he can speak out of nothing, if he can, a, a super so trumpet blast can come from heaven you can hear why are you afraid of, of why are you afraid to go into the promised land with the giants when your god is a consuming fire man you know it's not that he just wanted to scare the crap out of him why would god want to do that but he i think he was trying to show hey this is who i am why don't be afraid i'm awesome you don't have to worry about nothing <laughs> i'm all consuming you don't have to you're my kids you don't have to worry about nothing but watch now, watch this. Watch what has come through Christ. Watch this. Now that's the intense part. That was the verse uh, 16, 16 through, um, or 18 through 21. Now watch this. But you, let's watch how beautiful this is. This will blow your mind. I'm about to blow your mind. If you have never read this, it's verses 22 uh, through 24. But you have come to Mount Zion. 
to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirits of righteous men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. You see the contrast? When Christ died on the cross, God's wrath was dealt with right there. Boom, dealt with. So what are we seeing? We're seeing the joy. We're seeing the peace. We're seeing the love. Look at the contrast between those two sections of scriptures. 18 through 21 is awesomely terrible. But 22 through 24 is amazingly beautiful. That's what we have in Christ. That's what we have through grace. It's amazing. Let's read that again. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem. There's a new heavens and a new earth and a new Jerusalem coming. It's 1,500 miles cubed. <laughs> I've got pictures of it. I put them on Facebook. Walls of the new Jerusalem are 1,500 miles. Length, width, and height. A giant cube city. The city, this is the new Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. God himself. Is going to exist there. Is going to be there in that new Jerusalem with his son. They're going to be the light in that place. The lamp in that place. There will be no need for the sun or the moon. He's going to exist with men in that city. The heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. Man, oh, can you imagine all these in Revelation? 10,000 times 10,000 encircle the throne. 100 million angels in joyful assembly. They give the number. 10,000 times 10,000. That's 100 million of angels in joyful assembly. Around the throne, around the four living creatures and 24 elders. That's what we're seeing here. Angels in joyful assembly. They're full of joy. God has redeemed man through Christ. We are, you know, it says all the angels in heaven rejoice when one sinner repents. And they're going to be there with all of us, all the redeemed. And they're going to be full of joy. That men, that there are some men that have come to Christ and have been born again. That know him as Lord and Savior. It's a beautiful picture. Uh, and to the church of the firstborn. Who's the firstborn? Jesus, the firstborn from the dead now alive forevermore death has no body whoa death where's your sting oh grave where's your victory jesus overcome death hell and the grave he's the he we are the church of the firstborn christ we are the church you and i it's not the building it's the people we are the church of the firstborn of jesus christ awesome <laughs> whose names are written in heaven in the book of life amen um you have come to God, the judge. You have come to God, the judge. And you know, Revelation said we're going to see his face someday, the face of God. You come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirits of righteous men made perfect. We're going to see all the righteous dead. Abraham, David, uh, Abel. We're going to see them all in this place, all together. Hebrews 11. Remember, Hebrews 11 said that, that, uh, that only together with them, the Old and New Testament together, only together with them will be made perfect. We're going to see, we're going to see these righteous men. A spirit of righteous men made perfect. Let's see them perfected. Amen. To Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. The mediator of a new covenant. To the sprinkled blood. To his sprinkled blood. It's his sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Jesus, perfect blood. Open the way for all this beauty. All this joy. All this joyful assembly. All of this redemption. The church of the firstborn. Jesus. You see the difference? Man. Isn't that an awesome comparison between what, what they saw in Israel and what we have now? 
The wrath of God's been put away. Jesus put away when he said it's finished and the curtain was torn in two from top to bottom. God opened the way wide for all men to come to him through the death, burial, and resurrection of his son through his blood. That speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Good stuff. We're almost done. And 15 minutes, 16 minutes in. See do you see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. That's the Holy Spirit. That's God speaking to you. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? Man, you have a Holy Spirit and a conscience for a reason. You screw up, you mess up, fess up. Turn back, repent, keep your heart. Again, guard your heart. Keep your heart repentant before the Lord. At that time, the voice. At that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised once more, I will shake not only the earth but also the heavens. Wow! And Christ comes back, man. And it's gonna at the end of Revelation, at the very end of the at the tribulation, the very end of Armageddon. And the voice from heaven says, "It is done." At that moment, hailstones of a hundred pound each fall from heaven upon men. And then it says that earthquake, like no other earthquake that has ever taken place on the earth. It says the cities of the nations collapse. Every large building, all the bridges, all of it. God's going to shake the earth like he's taking his hand like a snow globe and just shake it like this. And all the cities, everything is going to be demolished. Everything that men held dear is going to be destroyed at the end. That's the power of God. And that's again. That's that's what I'm saying. At that time, the voice. At that time, his voice shook the earth. Not only has he promised once more I'll shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. Again, it says even in in uh, Peter and Isaiah that the a fire that the fire is going to pass through the heavens, and, and it says and the elements will be melted then the fervent heat, and then God's going to create a new heaven and new earth. Everything is going to be shaken. Everything's going to be made new at the end. God, awesome God. The words once more indicating the removing of what can be shaken. That is created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain. All of the all of the things that are created that are of this reality that are carnal are going to be shaken and destroyed, done away with, and all that will be at the end will be eternity. Will be the eternal. Uh, the flesh counts for nothing. What counts is what's coming. And Paul, and Paul said, I don't even consider it worth all the troubles and sufferings. I'm paraphrasing all the troubles. I don't even compare it. it, it it's not worth comparing with the glory that's coming. And God's going to shake everything. This whole, you, you're worried about Washington. You're worried about the Taliban. Again, it's good to be concerned about these things and pray about them. Absolutely. I'm not saying don't do that. But eventually, the Taliban, Washington, Russia, China, the heavens themselves are going to be shaken by the living God. He's going to shake everything out. And all the wicked will be shaken out. And all the wicked will be dealt with. And all there will be will be what's righteous and holy before God. And those whose names are written in his book. Great glory is coming. Great, great glory is coming. Therefore, since we are in the last verse, 18 minutes. Good deal. It worked out. Amen. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. What are we afraid of? Don't be afraid. Have no fear. Fear not is the most common statement in the Bible. Don't be afraid. Our kingdom cannot be shaken. Let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably. Let's be have a thankful heart before God and worship him acceptably with a humble heart.
and with reverence and awe. We reverence him. We revere God. He's awesome. We have awe of him. For our God is a consuming fire. He's a consuming fire. He's all-powerful, almighty, yet he is our father, our papa, our abba, our daddy. Powerful words in this chapter. Hebrews. The eternal's coming, kids. Christ will return. We don't know the day or the hour, but we're in the season. He said we should know the season. Man, Israel's return to their nation. May 14, 1948, their return of Jerusalem, 1967, should tell us we're in the season. We're in the season, kids. So keep looking up. The poem I did today was from uh, Acts 1 about them watching Jesus ascend into the sky, keeping their eyes on the sky and looking up. Keep looking up, kids. Keep looking for him who is eternal to return because he's coming back and hopefully soon. Love you, love you. Can't get enough of you. Hope you enjoyed Hebrews 12. We got one more chapter. Then we're going to be in Proverbs. After that, and then once we done finish John, we're going first second Corinthians. So we're gonna balance out two books, old and new, and then Revelation. So be blessed. Love you, love you. Hope you enjoyed it. <clears throat> my voice is a little hoarse, so if I'm a little scratchy sounding, just a little hoarse. Little ponies inside my mouth. <laughs> Wilbur. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. They made him talk by putting peanut butter between his lips and his teeth. That's why that's why Mr. Ed talked. Sorry to, to ruin I hope I didn't ruin it for you. He doesn't he wasn't really talking, just so you know that. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool if that horse really could have talked <laughs> Hey, there's a Bible where a donkey talks. <laughs> that's in the Bible. If you don't know where it is, go look for it. It's a great story. <laughs> We're the dumbest guy in the Bible. <laughs> His name is Balaam, if you want to go look for the story. Donkey talking. It's in the Bible. (laughs) Love you.